Hello, welcome to the Doing CX Right podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Sherman, devoted to helping leaders like you intentionally increase brand loyalty and cultivate better relationships by doing customer experience right. Not talking or thinking about it, but really taking action and doing experience management the right way. This show is about guided steps to achieve better human and business outcomes, which has nothing to do with competing on price. This season of shows digs deep into new research and case studies reviewed with highly acclaimed authors and experts. Plus, you'll hear my insights as a practitioner working with various sectors and organizations. Besides business, you'll also hear personal stories and invaluable lessons to fuel your personal growth as we bring our whole self to work. Please share this podcast with others who can benefit and subscribe to my newsletter at doingcxright.com for updates and helpful resources to advance your business and career. Have you ever wondered why some products succeed while others fail? How can user testing and feedback early on in product development actually be a game changer? What is that real impact of data-driven insights? And how can these insights be leveraged, not just in product design, but also marketing, pricing strategies, and so much more? Well, today you're going to hear these answers as I am with Andy McMillan, who's the CEO of usertesting.com. And he's a technology executive known for spearheading high growth organizations. Andy brings a wealth of knowledge and I'm so excited for you to hear research-based insights that underscores the monumental influence of early user testing for those thinking about how can they make a difference? How can they excel in customer and user experience? If you're curious about these questions and answers to change how you operate with more informed customer responses and feedback, You've come to the right episode. There's so many gems and I'm excited for you to be on this journey with me. So let's dive in and get started. Hello, Andy McMillan. Welcome to the Doing CX Right Show. Hey, Stacey. Thanks for having me on the show. It's going to be fun to talk to you today. Yes. And I am especially grateful because I intimately know the platform. I've used the platform. I believe in user testing and all that you do. So... I know that when people listen to this, they're going to understand why I say that. But first, please tell my audience, who are you? What do you do for a living? Sure. Uh, So I'm the CEO of User Testing. Uh, I've been at the company now for a little bit more than five years. Uh, My background before joining User Testing as the CEO, uh, I was the CEO of another company in the marketing automation space, but I actually came up the ranks through the product side of the world. I was actually a developer a very long time ago mm. uh, and then a product manager uh, before getting into being a CEO. I love that path. So it's going to go very nicely with my questions around user experience and CX within product development and and more. But before we go there, what ignited your passion an interest in user experience and testing? I I think I've always felt like one of the challenges in technology is uh, we evolve quickly the technology that we build stuff on top of. So if you think of, you know, 
apps we built 10 years ago sometimes didn't work. Sometimes, you know, on like big, you know, shopping days, they would go down or things like that. And we've solved a lot of those problems. And you think about how we distribute apps when I have app stores and phones, and we've solved a lot of those problems. Now it really boils down to what apps do we want to use? And so I think a lot of things in technology go from being a technology challenge to being how technology connects with people challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's what's really interesting about this space is it really is about how to connect people with the technology that they love. Yeah, and I especially love the whole idea that people don't realize the smallest activity, the smallest thing on a website or digital property can hinder them from moving forward and the frustration they feel when it's so small. <laughs> it could be yeah, wording. And it, and it, yeah, and it's different for everybody. Like what part of what I love about the CX space is acknowledging that like what's easy for you might be hard for me and what's hard for me might be easy for you. And so how do we as the builders and designers of different applications sort of build some empathy for different perspectives, different backgrounds, different skill levels into the things we build. And that's actually really hard to do because we know the things we build so well. Uh, And so the ability to sort of step back and go, okay, you know, what's it like for somebody else to use this? I think it's just a really important concept. A lot of psychology to it too. For sure. I think that's what makes it so interesting. Um, I'm always learning, even from our own customer base, about how they interact with the product and what their expectations are. Every time we, you know, create a new major feature. I'm always fascinated in how people approach it, how they think about it, um, and and sort of the different ways that segments. Yes. What does UX and CX mean to you? I mean, we know the terminology, but from your point of view, what is that? What what does doing CX right actually mean in your, your perspective? I think it's, to me, really about reducing the barriers of how people interact with the technology. So it's less specifically the interface that's sort of changing all the time. And we think about now chat interfaces and AI interfaces and all these other things. But the reality is there's usually someone who's trying to interact with whatever that service, that capability is. Um, And so to me, UX and UI is really Mm. how easy is it? And what does that interface look like for people to to interact with that surface area? I and mean, how do we make that something that's easy for them to understand, easy for them to engage with? Again, knowing that that might be different for different people. Yes. So for people listening who don't really understand UI, UX, it really is a component of CX because the whole customer experience is a journey But if we don't make it easy to go through that journey and how it's designed and the intricate details, there is no CX. Yeah, I I think um, our industry is fraught with people spending a lot of time trying to define like a dividing line between UI and UX and things like that, which I think is, you know, can be worthwhile to sort of talk about what's the surface area. But to me, it really comes down to what's the experience your customer goes through. CX is sort of that really broad term. But when you think about what that means today as a consumer, we all go through this. You interact with a company that you care about. Uh, often that's sort of different modes. Sometimes you're in their app. Sometimes you might be in their in their store, in their call center, in their lounge, whatever it might be. Um, and so I think of UX being sort of what are all of those experiences and sort of how do they hang together? What's it, you know, you can have a, a beautifully de- designed website that looks really nice, it's hard to use, or a, a really expensive call center experience that doesn't get people to the other side. And like, how do those hang together? And if people are frustrated with your website, then they pick up the phone and they call you and have a terrible experience there. You can have lots of bad user experiences. How do they sort of connect together? And again, I think most people 
even in brands we love, we sort of want to get in and get out and get the things done that we want to do. And so one of the things I'm seeing a lot of companies focus on is, you know, maybe the user experience is it can be pretty low touch to be really powerful. Um, it can be pretty even low fidelity. I had an experience recently with my healthcare company where they just sent me a text message for something I didn't expect to get a text about, but it was really helpful. And I remember thinking all the money they must spend on a big fancy app and all these systems and really just sending me a text message was really useful. Um, and so I think UX is really thinking about about those concepts as well. For those who are not familiar with UX and UI, they might be thinking it's just a visual design. It's more than that. Yeah. I, I think user interface or UI is sort of the idea of like what of your technology connects with your user. So again, traditionally, we might think of that as a screen. I would think of it could also be like you're talking to your Alexa or your Google Home. Like that's a user interface that you're interacting with over voice. So it might not be visual, but it's an interaction. And then I think the user experience is a little bit more broad of just like, what was that experience like? What was the user's experience going through this? Did it work for them? Again, did they get in and get out? Did they, did they meet the need that they had? Um, it's sort of a, a little bit more thinking through the goals and how the goals were accomplished. So you said an important word, meet the needs of the user, meet the need of the, the customer, the prospect. So that's where user testing platform comes in. Explain what I mean in terms of how you actually give that intelligence to leaders. Yeah, I find user testing to be an interesting area. When I first um, met the founder of user testing, uh, Daryl Benatar, and he was describing to me what user testing does, I had one of those moments where it seemed so obvious to me once he explained it to me. You know, I, I think all the best ideas are sort of obvious in retrospect. Like when someone tells you about it, you're like, oh, that makes sense. And that was user testing for me. Daryl described the idea. And as a product manager, I went, I can't believe I haven't been doing this every time I built something. And the idea is as simple as this. When you're building something or you're designing something, how do you put uh, that concept in front of people quickly and let them go through it and just give you their feedback? And again, that sounds really basic, but think of how often something gets built inside a company where the customer is not really providing feedback along the way. And the feedback isn't simply you know, surveying them or asking them a question. It's actually getting in front of them with a prototype or a drawing or something and saying, does this make sense to you? Walk through this. And the whole goal is, can I walk a mile in that customer's shoes? Can I see the experience through their experience? So what we do at user testing, our, our actual product has a large network of people. We call it our contributor network, folks that have put their hand up and said, I'd love to give feedback to, to brands I care about. So those brands can come on our platform and they can say, I'll give you an example. They might say, I want 15 uh, stay-at-home moms with young kids who, uh, you know, buy diapers, I don't know, to go through my my website for a diaper subscription and, um, you know, show me and give me feedback. And those folks opt in to recording themselves and their screens sort of going through that experience. And so if you're the team building that experience, you go, this is great. I just got 15 of my core audience to go through and record themselves and give their feedback. And we do it really quickly. Most of the feedback on our platform happens in a few hours. So you can imagine the designer at that business going, hey, great, I just saw a bunch of people, my target audience, go through that experience. And now I have a better understanding, a little more empathy, if you will, of what it's like to be that user and their expectations. I love that example. And I want to add on to that. So when I was at Verizon, among many brands, and, and did a lot of user testing, it's amazing how something so small, the Add to cart versus buy now on the call to action button versus 
right? We tested all these different words. They're just like two or three words on a call to action button. And it was fascinating how just a few words can absolutely change the conversion rate. Yep. Yep. Well, and it can change not only the conversion rate, but maybe the buy-in that they have. So I have a a great case study uh, where uh, a company of ours that sold uh, subscription personal care products that you would get delivered to your door. And like a lot of companies, they were working very hard to optimize getting that conversion rate. And what that meant was making the checkout process shorter and shorter and shorter. What was interesting Mm -hmm. was while they accomplished that goal, they started seeing their subscription rates declining. People would would subscribe and then they would they would you know cancel their subscription. And when they got on user testing and they went through and compared why, one of the things they found was that longer process was actually building brand loyalty. People felt like, oh, I went through and I answered some questions and I wasn't just getting this personal care product sent to my door that was just this random thing everybody gets. I was getting this thing that was designed for me, like it was sort of more personalized. And so I think a lot of it is sort of being able to sort of get in there and understand what are you optimizing for? What are the trade-offs in that optimization? And can I really understand my user? And you're right, you can find even just a little change of a description on a button can make a huge difference in how people both complete the process, but also maybe perceive your brand, your company um, along the way. And the best way to figure that out isn't just your web logs or your data. It's to say, what was it like for somebody to go through this process? Yes, I, gosh, I love this topic. Product development, which is what you uh, had come from as well. What I'm fascinated when I've worked in product development and, and it was CX within new product development. So the organization was brilliant to, to do that. What I find a lot of companies are getting feedback after product launch. It's out in the market and they're trying to figure out what worked, what didn't work. And what we're talking about here, and I want to hear your view, is getting the feedback in an agile way before you launch, before you invest in all of that money and time and resource. So you mentioned before, and I love, is concept validation to see if there's a market for this. What else have you found in to inform new product development are the kinds of things that people could use the feedback and the tool for? Yeah, it's a great question, um, and it's a really valuable one because um, your spot on agile was this idea for those that are in software development of, you know, you sort of move quickly, you release all the time. A lot of companies now do agile software development, so they're constantly shipping updates. We all experience this when you go to the apps on your phone and they're updating like every single day with new things. That's great for trying to go faster and sort of shipping more innovation. But one of the things that a lot of companies are finding is shipping something comes with cost. Um, you don't have this thing out in the market. Like, what if 15% of my users really love the new thing I shipped, but 85% were kind of not really bought into it? Well, now I have this thing forever that I have to support that a small number of my users are on. It's really expensive. And the cost of building it is really expensive. You know, software engineers are not cheap resources and, and cheap employees in a company. You want to really use them to build things that your customers want. And so what we see happening, and you hit on this well, Stacey, is uh, companies are sort of moving earlier in the cycle to say, how do I get this feedback? How do I sort of, um, I almost think of it as like seeing the future. I want to see my customer use this thing I haven't built yet, right? And so that can be concept validation. Uh, we have customers who will literally take pictures of a, a whiteboard drawing. It could be a, you know, a napkin drawing of like, would this meet your need? Get that in front of customers before you start designing it. Once you have designs, you can test those designs. Think of how much cheaper it is to move something in a design environment 
then your engineering team built it, shipped it, and now you're going to move it in your live product, you know, somewhere else on the thing. And so we see companies now really leaning into this idea of before something goes from design to build, you want to get customer feedback, you want to sort of score it, understand it, and really help those folks, again, sort of walk a mile in the shoes of that prospective user. Um, It's a real challenge because often your users, um, if you're being innovative, they haven't seen the thing that you're building. So you can't survey them, you can't ask them. Um, You know, Jeff Bezos famously said, you know, we didn't go ask our customers if they wanted a canister on the counter in their kitchen to talk to. Like there was innovation there. But you think early on, you want to get in front of those customers and say, how would you use this? Would this be useful to you? And customers, because I hadn't thought of that, but here's how I would use that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that early concept validation, design validation, um, almost co-designing with your customers, getting their feedback along the way at design can really make your engineering and, and product development resources go a lot further. I also think that there's strong, not think, I know there's strong ties to those who are in marketing or listening, and you can do value proposition testing. You give that persona that you define and and you in the community that you have, and you ask them, which of these resonate, rank in order, so that your marketing and your sales talks are actually really addressing what they care about. So that's marketing is so powerful for this too. That's right. We have a lot of customers who will test, um, you know, marketing collateral, video content. It's very easy to go on the platform and say, hey, you know, watch this video for 30 seconds and tell me what you think. And you can get that feedback in an hour or two. And importantly, you can start to get the longer tail feedback of maybe some different audiences that you're not targeting in your big research projects. And so I think some of our more forward-leading customers are really thinking about you know, diversity and inclusion of their messaging. Like, Mm -hmm. get this in front of 10 or 15 people from some different backgrounds to give you feedback. And it's really amazing how many teams, marketing teams, have a certain persona on the team, then they're marketing to a certain persona, and they're missing a whole set of perspectives that are so easy to go get now. Like, there's no reason to put out a marketing message that just misses the mark with an audience of people when you can get their feedback so easily. Also, what's so unbelievably powerful is pricing studies. There's no reason to have to guess or worry and have anxiety about what should I charge for this product or feature? You can just ask. If you see the benefit of this product or service, yes. How much are you willing to pay for it? Here's a range. Uh, It floors me that people don't think of that. We, we see customers, um, and I completely agree, it's this old uh, age-old concept of we spend all the time doing this research, but maybe one of the things we could have done was just go ask people, right? And so <laughs> you can go ask people, um, which is sort of how business used to work. Back before digital business, if you owned you know a hardware store, you would walk out into the store and you'd find a few customers. You'd be like, hey, we're thinking about adding this. Like, would you buy this at this store? And so you can sort of do that at scale with technology now. I also would add one of the things that we see some of our customers doing that I think is really interesting is user testing is not an internal tool. It's a tool where you ask somebody out in the market to record their screen and what they're doing, and they opt into doing that. What that means is you don't only have to test your products. So you could also go out to Mm. our contributor network and say, you know, I'm a mobile app for a large coffee chain. I'd like to see what it's like to be a user of a different coffee chain's mobile app. And you can have their customers go through it. You can even ask your customers, your most loyal customers, go use this other app and tell me what you like better about it. And you can build those features in your app. 
And again, it just gets back to imagine how simple things get. I, I joke sometimes as a CEO, my job is pretty easy if I do two things, which is talk to my employees and talk to my customers and listen to what they're telling me. And it's a little bit like that, right? If you're, if you're again, this, you know, if you're a large coffee chain, go find out what your customers are doing. Go find out what else they're using. Go find out what the competition looks like. Um, and then use that to inform your decisions. It sounds so basic and yet not done enough. With it not being done enough, why? Why do you think that there's resistance? And part one, part two question is people listening to this, if they are convinced and they believe it, what are some things they can do to get buy-in within their company? Yeah, I, I think part of the reason that it isn't done all the time is I think it used to be a lot harder to do. And so again, if you go back 30 years ago, you worked in a store or a bank or whatever, and your customers came to you and you could talk to them and, and mm. get this feedback. Then we created these digital businesses. And in some ways, they're great, right? You can't go to a conference without somebody like holding up their phone and saying, your customer carries you around with them. Like, you know, this, this is this great thing. Um, the reality is, in some ways, it disintermediates you from that customer. You don't see them every day. They don't come in and talk to you. And so for a little while, what everybody was doing was they would commission these big, expensive studies. You know, you'd hire an agency and they would spend four months and go out and talk to your customers. Meanwhile, as we talked about earlier, agile software development's going on, right? If you're shipping new features every two weeks, but it takes four months to commission a study, it just doesn't work. And so what we're doing now is we're trying to use that same technology to connect people back to their customers, right? Your customer is reachable. There is technology where you can actually see what it's like to be them. And so now it's about how do you in embed that in the process? And so one, we've helped collect the feedback more quickly. The second thing we've done, we made a big announcement over the summer about user testing AI, which is a, a whole set of capabilities we rolled out that actually now goes through the feedback that you get and helps highlight those moments of, of you know, interesting mm -hmm. feedback. So if you collected three hours of video of people recording going through your experience, you need to know like what are the highlights? What are the things people liked and didn't like? And so we actually pull all that information out so you can make those quick decisions. So that's the first part, I think, of the answer, which is I think a lot of people don't realize you could get this feedback in an hour or two mm -hmm. and you can get it synthesized and you can use it to make decisions and you could use technology to make that something that scales. And so that's sort of the mission that we're on. Yeah. I think the second part is, you know, how do you explain the value? The value is, is sort of done in two ways. One is scoring. How do you start scoring your customer experience and how the usability of your experience plays into that and sort of draw that back because there's, I'm sure, a very clear correlation to the apps that score well and the revenue or the cost that they save. Then the second is really the cost itself of building it. I mean, there's this great study that came out recently that talked about how 50% of software development costs at most companies is on rework. Meaning you built something, you didn't build it in a way that made sense or it didn't land with customers and you're building it again. And so getting that right before you build it has a huge impact on the ROI of the investments you're making in digital products. And a lot of that is sort of, again, getting, getting earlier in the process. You know, it's a lot cheaper, as I said earlier, to move something in Figma, you know, the design environment, yeah. than I built it, I shipped it, and now I need to move it. And so, you know, we, we help a lot of customers with those kind of ROI case studies as well. Hmm. I also think an answer to the question of why companies don't use the tool and feedback, which is something I want to shift the mindset on, is there, they have a deadline. And so they're sacrificing sp speed or they're sacrificing quality for speed. 
And that's not going to serve the customer well. It's It's got to be quality over speed, not letting a deadline. We've got to get this out the door. We don't have time to get the feedback. I've seen that happen. I think that's exactly right. And I think two things cause that to, to happen. One is um, everyone thinks they know their customer. And so we tell people constantly, you're not your customer. Their, their behavior changes all the time. Um, yeah. Unless you are literally building a product for, for example, developers, then your developers are not your customers, right? They're, my example earlier, I think, was stay-at-home moms who buy diapers. Like maybe by definition, the people that work at your company aren't stay-at-home moms or they'd be working moms. Like you sort of have this like, so how do you get that perspective in your team. Yeah. And then the second, um, you're exactly right on sort of the the speed of doing it the right way. Um, reminds me of this great John Wooden quote, the the basketball coach. Uh, he has this great quote that says, if, we, if you don't have time to do it right, when are you going to have time to do it over? And I uh. think that's a mindset that we need to have, which is, again, building something quickly that's the wrong thing is not only expensive, it takes longer to get to the right thing. And so, if we can help organizations realize how quickly and efficiently you can get this feedback, hopefully we can shift the mindset of like, that doesn't take longer. That's actually a faster way to get to the right answer. Oh, so well said. Yes, the cost, the hidden costs of do-overs. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And it's painful, right? Nobody wants to be part of a brand that can't get it right. And then you have to keep yeah. like trying to ship stuff that fixes the problem. Yeah. It can all be done up front. It can be done in the design phase. In terms of contact center and customer service, how would someone use user testing for improving agent experience? Because we know that they're a front line to the customer. What are what have you seen valuable? Yeah, sort of um, two ways to answer this question. Um, both are quite relevant, I think. One is um, one of the things that we describe to our customers is you can ask your user, your customer, your prospect to show you anything they can kind of see. That can be a screen. They can mm -hmm. also use their camera phone. So we've had customers who, you know, I used an example earlier of like an in-home product. You can turn on your camera phone using user testing and you can watch somebody interact with like a personal assistant or like how do you organize your groceries or mm -hmm. whatever that would be. So one is, you know, you can have somebody go through a call center experience by having them record themselves going through it. So that's one area. But the second is we have a lot of companies now that are using user testing to study their internal employee experience as well. Mm -hmm. So what's it like to work on the front lines at a call center? Um, and I have a lot of empathy for call center employees. It's a tough job, um, depending on what company you're at. You can really um, end up having a problem of like, you, you sort of, you get sort of empathied out very early, right? You're just sort of like, okay, I, I can't handle another one of these calls. We've all been on the phone with somebody in a call center who just feels like they're done with it as well. And so how do you sort of turn the camera around internally and ask your employees, show me what it's like to work in the call center. Show me what it's like to try to use this app. Is the app meeting your needs? Are you able to answer questions? And so we're seeing more and more companies testing their internal applications as well. And you can actually ask your employees to use the platform to show what it's like to, to be a user from inside the firewall. Oh, I could have spent the entire time with you just on this topic, but not enough time. As we get to the end, rapid fire questions. So first of all, leadership. You are a leader in the company who's driving the culture. What do you say? What's the best advice that you're either giving to others or someone gave to you that really powers you and energizes you? I think for me, it's really about curiosity. What I like about my job is I get to deal with all the parts of the company 
and I find them all interesting. And so I sort of think of my leadership style as being curious and participating. I want to get in and understand the problems people are working on, really be interested in them and sort of help them sort of think through the problems, but also sort of acknowledge one of the weirdest parts about being a CEO is I work on all kinds of parts of the business where I'm not the expert. Like I'm not an expert in finance. I'm not, you know, like, so you get to sort of come in and be curious and learn and participate. Mm -hmm. And I think that's sort of the mindset I bring to leadership. I love that. So the advice to others is get your hands dirty, wear a lot of hats. What, what would you say? Yeah, be, be curious. What people work on is interesting, right? It might not be like I came from product development, but like finance is interesting if you get into it and, you know, yeah. sales is interesting and marketing is interesting. So be curious. Be curious. And I also would say that all those different roles, I love to help those people understand how they have a customer experience job. Because they'll often say, no, no, I'm back office. No, no, let, let's sit down. Let me show you how you affect. Because <laughs> you do. So Yeah, and you can highlight where you see that effect. There's nothing like getting up at a company, all hands, for example, and highlighting where like, hey, we got this contract turnaround. It was really important to our customer. Or, you know, we had this interesting legal issue we were working through with their legal team. And we were like, so every, you're right. Everybody can play a role in a great customer experience. Yes, if I had tons of leaders from organizations in my room right now at all different levels, what's the key takeaway you want them to go do and remember from our conversation? I think the idea that um, you can use technology to see what it's like to be an actual customer. And I don't think that's replaced by data. That's not, you know, I say like your CRM system is sort of your own representation, what you're doing with your customers. I'm sure you have product analytics and surveys and all these things that you do to collect data. But how often are you able to say, I know what it's like to be my customer who's not me. And so I think that's a really important perspective. It's not the only perspective. You should collect all that data, but you should have a vehicle to understand what's it really like to be my customer and how do I highlight that within the company. Mm. And it really helps you also get to the why. Why are they struggling? Why are they not buying? Why, you know, all, all that is important with what you do that other sources don't give you. I, I completely agree. And I think it, in addition to that, builds the empathy that people use to drive change. No one, at least most people, I don't think, go to work wanting to build a bad experience. <laughs> most people think they deliver a great experience. The reality is how many apps and services do we use where we don't have a good experience? And we call that the empathy gap at user testing where if we were able to show the people building that experience why people are frustrated with it, almost everybody I've ever met says, I'd like to fix that. Like, I'd like to make that better. And so not only does it help you make better decisions, I think it creates urgency where people are like, I don't build bad experiences, I build great experiences. And if people aren't happy, show me what they're not happy with and I want to go fix it. And so that to me is empathy. It's not, nobody says to their children in the morning at breakfast, I'm really excited I'm going to work today. We're going to take the NPS from <laughs> 20 to 22, right? Like that just isn't what gets people going. What gets people going is seeing people use the things they're using. And that's both positive and negative. When you see the negative, you want to go fix the negative. So I think it's also very empowering. Absolutely. And my last question, if you could go back in time to your 20-year-old self based on what you know now that you didn't know then, what would you tell younger Andy? Well, maybe it's too self-serving back to my Daryl story. I would have told myself to use user testing a whole lot earlier in building <laughs> products. But, but I think as far as like my actual career... Um, I think the thing that has amazed me is how many people I've met throughout my career that I still stay in contact with that are part of both my professional mm -hmm. network and my, my social network 
Um, I think I would have loved to have even earlier on in my, my career just had a real appreciation that as you work through your career, it's a pretty small world and you, you run into the same people. And um, I've always been proud of the way I conduct myself, but I'd love to go back and just you know, continue to remind myself this is really what it's all about. The people you work with and the relationships you build. Um, you know, at this point in my career, that's what I value the most about what, what I've been through. Oh, absolutely. And I think about all the companies I worked for that they were colleagues and now they're forever friends. And yeah. it's real. It's so true. I love that advice. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is what it's all about. Yes. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. And I love all about user testing and UX and CX and all of that being empathetic and understanding needs with really proven ways. And that's what this is about. So thank you for being here. And I will have in the show notes ways to reach you and your website and all that good stuff. Excellent. Well, I really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you so much for joining today. I hope you will apply the lesson shared and also requesting if you would leave a review on Apple, it would mean a lot. Head over to doingcxright.com to learn more ways to connect with me and improve your CX. Until next time, I'm Stacey Sherman, Doing CX Right.